Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. While I was here praying, God spoke to me specifically about today. Uh, and I was on the run, having to take care of funeral down there. And, uh, but he really uh, just really interrupted my life to speak to me about Life Church and where we are. And uh, so I began to study into that. I've been anticipating all week to get in this pulpit today to share with you. Uh, and then midweek, Josh told me what God was showing him, which he wasn't supposed to preach this weekend. And it's so tied with it. And, uh, and then on top of that, last night, uh, Taylor brought a word on holiness. And I, I'm telling you, that'll be on podcast, I'm sure, Monday it's already, it was, we streamed it live last night. If you weren't able to be here, if you don't do anything else, I want you to go online and, and listen to that, that message that was preached last night. It was powerful. So she set the pace of where we're going this weekend, uh, and Josh and I will be tag team preaching today in a way that we never have before, all governed by the Holy Spirit. So today, you're going to be poured into a strength uh, that is well needed, so we will encourage you. We'll be starting at 6 o'clock again tonight. Uh, grab your Bibles and open with me to the book of Luke chapter number 11. Just go to Luke chapter number 11 and stay there. And I'm going to share a few scriptures before we get to our text, so you just wait on me there. Um, but like I said, I was here in prayer and God just arrested that prayer meeting Sunday of last week. And he began to download this in me to remind you that you have an enemy. Amen. If, if you don't come to understand this, uh, your enemy is going to manipulate you. He's going to rob from you. If you don't realize this is a war, I think one of the greatest tactics that the devil has is just to make you think he don't exist and he's not involved in your demise. Uh, and of course, there's scripture after scripture. I ain't got time to lay that kind of foundation. But I just need you to know before I get into this sermon that you have an enemy whose sole purpose is your destruction. He knows your name. He knows your weakness. He knows every prophetic word that's been spoken over you. You may have forgot it, but he didn't. Amen. He knows what the word of God says about you. He knows what the word says to you. Matter of fact, he probably knows the word better than you do. Amen. And we've seen him use it even against Christ in the wilderness. He began to use the word against Jesus. So, I mean, he, he, he knows your background. I said, your enemy knows your background. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your every pain. He knows everything that's ever happened to you. He knows how you was raised and who raised you. Amen. He's got all of this in his arsenal. Amen. And, and he will use every bit of it against you. Amen. He'll, use, he'll, he'll bring up things you forgot. Things you thought you were over. Things you thought you beat. The devil will bring them things back up just to try to knock your props out. Amen. 
Amen. If you don't know what I'm talking about already, you ain't been saved long enough. Amen. Because there is an adversary to your soul. Amen. Uh, and his M.O. never changes to the certain degree. Amen. The Bible, uh, Daniel exposes the way that our, our enemy works uh, when, he, when he said this. He said, this, this enemy of yours, he's going to speak great words against the Most High. And he's going to wear out the saints of the Most High. He's always working to wear you out. Did anybody in this house? Amen. He is always working to wear you out. Amen. And one of his favorite tactics is to accuse your God. Huh? All of you ain't going to be able to relate to me, but some of you, we're going to help this morning. He, all, his favorite tactic is to speak against God. His, his favorite tactic is to wear you down. And it's amazing to me that that word wear down actually is used in a mental sense. It means to wear you out mentally. To get you so wore out mentally that you actually start buying into the lie that you can't trust God. Oh, I'm just going to work it this morning. Amen. That you can't trust. Because if you can't trust your God... You can't worship God. You can't pray to God. Amen. And, and even when other people talk about the goodness of God, you have a problem with it because the devil's got you accusing God. Uh, I know you can't say nothing this morning. Amen. But there is some people, amen, in this church. And there's some that's not even here this morning because they came up under this attack and didn't know how to deal with it. Amen. He, he's an accuser. And, and if he can't uh, get you to accuse in God, he'll start accusing your brothers. Well, let me get over here and help this bunch. Amen. If he can just get you to start looking at your brother through eyes of accusation, then you can't trust him. You, you, you can't trust him. And then everything they do, you see through the lens of accusation. My God, somebody look to your enemy right now and tell them, you got an enemy. You got an enemy. And see here, I'm telling you, I'm after the devil today and I'm mad. So I may climb few, spit, sputter. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm after the devil today, amen? Because he's trying to destroy life, church. He's trying to destroy the body of Christ. Amen. So he's been wearing you down for a long time. Amen. And let me tell you, if you think the devil's stupid, you. Amen. Because he's a genius. And he's been fighting people like you for thousands of years. Amen. He started in the Garden of Eden. Amen. He thought he was so bad, he took on Jesus in the wilderness. Who do you think you are? So he's a manipulator. So he gets in your mind and he gets you to wear down. Amen. And, and, and look at him. He'll say, where is your God? <laughs> Amen. When you start going through stuff, he'll start saying, where's God now? Oh, I, I know you can't say that. Just nod at me every now and then if I'm on the right track. Amen. Where's your God now? You asked this. You thought this. You expected this. And this ain't happened and that ain't happened. So he's, a, he is a, he's an accuser. He speaks great things against the most high God. And it gets in your mind. And while your hands are still up, your spirit is down. 
while you're saying the right thing, you're thinking the wrong thing. My God, I feel like something's going to break in this place. Amen. Why? Because the devil is an accuser and he starts accusing God. Amen. And you once was a worshiper, but now when you try to worship, Oh my God. Now when you try to worship, well, if he's God, why ain't he this? And why ain't he that? And why ain't he doing that? Amen. Am I, are y'all with me this morning? Amen. And if he can't get you there, amen, everybody's against me. And, uh, and, 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 and once you get in this spirit of accusation, amen, Scott, you may say something to me meaning one thing, but when I hear it through the ears of offense, I said when I hear it through the ears of offense, it takes on a whole new You know what aggravates me is to send a text somebody to somebody and they read it with their spirit instead of my spirit. When, when you have a spirit of offense, even encouragement is a slap in the face. Oh, y'all ain't gonna help me today. Are you listening to? Wow, who's he think he is? What does he think I ain't holy? What does he? Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, does, do, do, what, do, does he think I don't have the victory? Huh? Does, does he think I'm depressed or oppressed? No, I'm just trying to pour into you. Amen. But when the enemy comes in and the spirit of offense, does that, can anybody just relate? Am I the only one? Amen. Then it's hard. And he starts wearing you out. And he just starts wearing you down. And he just starts wearing you down mentally. Amen. Uh, 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 Peter, he, he kindly addressed this. We're going to get to the text in a minute. Amen. Because you know, you can, when you get like this and someone has offended or someone has hurt, amen, and sometimes they may even be guilty, but that's beside the point. The devil wants to use that to wear you out. And you may sleep, but you don't rest. It <laughs> I said, you may get eight hours. You may even get 10 hours, amen. And a lot of times you'll get more hours than you really need because oppression steps in, amen. But you really ain't resting because you're wore out. Somebody pray for your pastor today because you're so wore out in your mind. And it starts affecting everything about you. Peter said it. In, in 1 Peter 5 and 8, don't turn there. You stay where you're at. But if you want to write that down, he said, be well balanced. I like the way it said it. It's be vigilant. Be well balanced and vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion. Seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Amen. I need you to look. I believe in crowd participation. So grab your neighbor and say, I don't know what you're going through, but you ain't the only one. I, for some reason, Peter thought that would help me. Because sometimes, look, if the devil will get me to believing, Freddie, ain't nobody feel like I feel. There ain't nobody going through what I'm going through. Ain't nobody got it as bad as I got it. So if the devil can get you thinking like this, you put yourself in a special class, amen, 
We'll, we'll put ourselves in a special class uh, and that pushes us even lower. But Peter said, hey, baby, amen. I know you're going through some stuff, but know this, there's another family going through the same thing. Amen. There's another saint of God somewhere who's fighting the same battle that you're fighting. And they're probably winning. He said, he said, uh, resist him, knowing that these same things you're going through, you got lots of brothers and sisters that's going through the same thing. He said, but the God of all grace, who's called us into his eternal glory, after you have suffered a while, he's going to make you perfect, establish, and strengthen you. Oh, somebody just shout hallelujah. I know you don't feel like shouting, but I need you to shout hallelujah. Strength is coming. There comes a time if I can't rejoice over current strength, I got to rejoice over strength I know is coming. Amen. I don't feel strong, but I'm just going to go ahead. Because I know it's coming. My strength is coming. I got to get to the text. So I just need to establish that fact. Don't let nobody tell you there's not a fight to be fought. That there's not a devil who's not after you. Don't, don't let nobody tell you that because he's coming. Listen, let's, let's look at it. Luke eleven fourteen. Are you ready? And the Bible says, and he was casting out a devil and it was dumb. <laughs> I always like that. Uh, of course, it means he couldn't talk. Because the devil ain't dumb. If you think the devil's dumb, you. And it came to pass, when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. And some of them said, he's casting out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of all devils. And others tempted Jesus, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against itself falls. He said, If Satan be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. He makes a shift right here that I want to deal with. He said, but if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man armed keeps his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he takes from him all his armor wherein he trusted and he divides his spoils. Go with me this morning. Here in Luke chapter number 11, beginning in verse number 14, Jesus is casting out a devil. And of course, as usual, that religious bunch began to scrutinize and criticize him. Now, there's a few things I do want to glean from it if you're going to be a part of a progressive church. If you're a part of a church who has no drive, no ambition, no push, not doing nothing in the community, amen, you're just keeping your four and no more, you don't have a whole lot to worry about. But if you ever become part of a progressive church, you need to come into that church realizing you're going to attract fire. Can I get a witness? Amen. The enemy has no reason to be attracted to me. Amen. Unless I'm wreaking havoc upon his kingdom. 
So a lot of you don't know what you're going through or why you're going through it. Amen. And the devil will make you think you're going through it because you're not holy or you're not good enough. When in reality, some of you are going through some stuff simply because the devil's afraid of you. Amen. He, he knows the prophetic word on your life. The devil knows what you were created to do. Amen. So when you're born with, with uh, destiny, it attracts the enemy. Jesus ran from his life when he was an infant. Amen. At two years old, his mama had him in his arm and she was headed out to Nazareth. Amen. She was running to save the child with destiny because the enemy knew I had to take him out. Amen. So I need you to help me right now. You don't know what you're going through, why you're going through everything you're going through. So I need you to tell your neighbor it's because you're anointed. It's because you got destiny. It's because the devil don't want you to grow up. He don't want you to mature in your calling. Oh, I just need to stop right there and help somebody. Amen. It ain't even about what they said about you. It ain't about what they done to you or did not do to you. Amen. It was a well-schemed plan to take you out of your destiny. That's why he's after you. You're special. You're just special. Isn't that cool? You're, you're special. Somebody said, this special don't feel good. <laughs> God's got so much for you, so, so you got to know there's a devil to stop it. I'm going to expose the devil if I don't do anything else today. Amen. So Jesus was doing pretty good until he started tearing down strongholds. Amen. Till he started casting out devils. Till he become a threat. And now, because of progress, Jesus ain't just having to fight the devils. He's having to fight the church. Let me rephrase that. Now, not only is he having to fight devils, he's having to fight religious folks. Oh, y'all got to hear last, last night's sermon. When you start taking a stand for Jesus, you can count on it. Somebody's going to talk about you. I, I don't want to get hung up right there because that's not my sermon. So Jesus in the midst of, the cool thing about Jesus was, Amen. Here they are, ridiculing him, talking bad about him. Amen. He throws out a little dialogue, said, what y'all saying don't even make sense. A house divided can't even stand. But right in the midst of it, Jesus uses this opportunity to teach us how, uh, to teach on how the enemy, our adversary, has to be dealt with. Somebody say, teach us, Pastor. I need to know how to deal with my adversary. Jesus said, if I cast out devils with the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come nigh you. Meaning, the kingdom of God is identified by and characterized by total dominion over our enemy. Am I right about it? He said, if I am throwing devils down, if I am setting people free, then the kingdom of God has come to you. So, so he said, this kingdom of God is characterized by total dominion in your life over the devil. Somebody ought to give the Lord a hand praise over that. I mean, that's worth shouting about right there. 
The, the true, maybe if I'm living defeated all the time, I have more religion than I have kingdom. Let's work it. Then Jesus began to disclose the nature or the dynamics of our success over our enemy, the devil. Okay? He first identified your adversary as strong and armed. Amen? I need you to know that. Jesus identified your adversary as strong and armed. So he keeps his goods through his strength and through his armory. And as long as both of these are intact, his goods are in peace. Another translation says his property is safe. As long as he maintains his strength and as long as he holds on to his weapons, he said his, his, his property is safe. His property is safe. But it needs to be noted that the Bible also says that your, your enemy is a thief. Right? So all his property is actually stolen goods. Okay? All that the devil has, he stole from the believer. Things like our peace. Somebody just wave a little bit. <laughs> our joy. <laughs> huh? Any, anybody else? Our temperance. Amen. Our, our, our strength, our, our ministries, our health. He's a thief. And, and the armory that Satan uses to hold our inheritance is lies, deceit, cunning craftiness, wherein he manipulates and exploits our situations and circumstances. Your enemy has an arsenal of fiery darts, of condemnations. You ever been shot with condemnation? He, he has an arsenal, amen, of fiery darts, of, of insecurity. Anybody ever been shot with that one? Uh, Y'all too insecure to say anything. Huh? You ever been shot with that one? Has he ever pulled that arrow back of fear? You ever been shot with that one? Every one of these are just in the arsenal of saying worry, anxiety. Ever had an anxiety attack? Amen. It's just an arrow of the devil. It's, it's in his arsenal that he uses oppression, depression, even sickness and disease. And as long as he is well-armed, he can hold on to his property. He can hold on to all our goods as long as he's well-armed. And, 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 but, but let me say this. As far as our enemy being strong, I need you to catch this. In reality, he has no overpowering strength in and of himself. His strength is predicated on my weakness. Oh, I need somebody to get this right here. I said Satan's strength is, is predicated upon our weakness. In other words, he is empowered by my weakness. My fears fuel his confidence. He only advances on the heels of my Retreat. I'm talking about your enemy. He can only steal what I neglect to steward. I don't know if y'all catching all this. 
Huh? You, you got to know how the enemy works, amen. It ain't like he can come in, Colby, and grab the steering wheel of my life and run me into a tree. Amen. So uh, you want to know why? Because Colossians says that Jesus disarmed him. Amen. So whatever he works with, he has to get it from you. Oh, I need somebody to get this. Amen. Any strength he has, he drew it out of your weakness. Amen. And, 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 and when he pursues, amen, he can only steal what I neglect or fail to steward. He can only win in the wake of my surrender. Our enemy can only wear crowns that I lay down. Oh, my God. You hear me? I am bound and determined, life church. I will cast my crown at the feet of nobody but Jesus Christ. If Satan is wearing the crown of victory in any area of my life, it's because I took that crown off and I laid it at his feet and I surrendered it to him. Even his weapons. Do I appear mad this morning? I am at the devil. Listen to me. Even his weapons are forged in the molds of my own mind. You know where it says no weapon formed against you shall prosper? Amen. The devil can't just form any weapon he wants to form against me. The, 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 the weapons the devil uses, they're forged in my own mind. Amen. Uh, faulty thinking, bad perceptions. Amen. He, he gets it. And the reason his weapons are so powerful against you is, is because he can't get a weapon that he used against you and use it against me. Amen. Because it would be foolishness to me. So, so he, he, he uses what I give him. He'll use my negative speech. He, oh my God, are you listening to me? He'll take my thoughts. I don't believe the devil can read your mind, but we're too free speaking our mind sometimes. Uh, amen, when I'm having a bad day. Is anybody in this place? Amen. Or when somebody does something and we start giving him something and now he's forging a weapon uh, that I can feel, a weapon that's in my mind, a weapon that I have trouble with. It's not something you have trouble with. It's something I have trouble with. So every weapon, he forged it in the fiery furnace of my own way of thinking. No wonder the Bible says, bring into captivity every thought. I can't just let my mind go anywhere. Am I helping anybody in this place? Amen. Huh? That's the reason your battle is unique to yourself in its own sense. It's because he took my own weakness and he turned it into a sword against me. He took, he, he took the battle I fight. So he literally takes these unhealthy perceptions, bad doctrine, insults and injuries. Are y'all okay, body of Christ? Uh-huh. The way my daddy talked to me or the way he didn't talk to me. Are you listening to me? The way my mama treated me. Or what, what, whatever the case may be, he'll take it and he'll mold it and he'll forge it. Amen. And things that he tripped you up with before that you're not having a problem with now, he'll come back with that same weapon. He'll come back with that same weapon. He literally takes what I give him and he uses it to mount an attack against me. This is why the Bible says, give no place to the devil. Tell your neighbor, take your mind back. 
Come on, tell them. Take your mind back. Take your emotions back. The devil can't take what you won't surrender. Just take it back. Just take, I know this is too simple for you right now that's in the heat of the battle. Amen. But the devil's only using something you surrender to him. So this morning, you got to take your mind back. Give no place to the devil. And Jesus said, as long as your adversary maintains his strength and arsenal, he's at peace. As long as he maintains his strength and his weapons, there's no threat of his little palace being disturbed. Oh, but I love the next verse. But Jesus said, but when a stronger than he comes. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody give the Lord a hand praise. Come on, wake up. Wake up. When a stronger than he comes. When a stronger than he comes and takes from him his armor wherein he trusted, he then has nothing to fight with. He ain't got nothing to fight with. So Jesus is teaching us the very first principle of walking in total dominion over your adversary is to be stronger than your opponent. That's a natural principle. The very first step to me whooping you is being stronger than you. Huh? So if I'm going to whoop you, I need to work on getting stronger than you. I'm going to try to stay off your sermon, Josh. You know I'm fighting it. So the very first principle, Jesus said, the devil will just do what he wants to do as long as you are weaker than he is. But when you become stronger than him, you'll start taking things away from him that he stole from you. And what I love is uh, Paul followed suit with this concept in Ephesians chapter. Are y'all still with me? We're just going to work this this morning. I'm telling you, I put in some time on this. Paul followed suit, Fluky, with this same concept in Ephesians chapter number 6 when he wrote the famous words, put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God. Remember, put on the helmet of salvation. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Y'all remember them scriptures most people's got to memorize. Breastplate of righteousness, sword of the spirit. Amen. Uh, and he went on to say, and he said, this is why you have to be so well armed. For we wrestle not against... Come on, everybody knows these scriptures. He said, I need you to know why you need to be armed. He said, because we're not fighting against people. Amen. I need to teach on that and you could get back to the real fight. Amen. Uh, he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we're in a fight against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. If you break those scriptures down, you'll find out that they are organized. They are in rank. Demons are in rank. They're organized. They got leaders. They got hierarchy. Are you listening to me? Paul said, that's what you're fighting against. But what stood out to me is right before, Cherish, he said all of that. Paul said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power 
of His might. In other words, put on strength before you start putting on armor. I need y'all to catch this. Put, put on strength before you start trying to wield the sword. Can we, can we just talk about this just for a minute? Finally, my brother, which literally means lastly and most importantly, I need you to put on strength. I need you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen. So you got to put on strength before you start trying to wield the sword. Because some people have a whole lot more word than they have strength. Oh, I just need you to catch this right here. Amen. Can quote the scripture. You know the scripture. You got the scripture. You know everything about the scripture. But that sword, amen, because of no strength, ain't nothing but a burden you're dragging around. So, so Paul said, you got to get strong before you can use the word that you already have. Amen. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, but too weak to crush the devil's head with it. Paul, Paul said that in, in uh, Romans chapter number 7 before his encounter with Christ. Paul said, I know what I ought to do. I just don't have the strength to do it. He said, he said I, I know what I ought to do and I really want to do it. But when I try to do it, I find I don't have the strength to do it. So he come back and wrote, put on, uh, put, put, put on strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. Now, now let's work this just a minute. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Somebody shout, in the Lord. In the Lord. Lord. Write this down. The word in comes from the, the Greek word which denotes a fixed position. This is so important. It's a fixed position in place, time, or state. Be strong in the Lord is a fixed position. Are y'all going with me? Amen. So the command to be strong in the Lord is actually a command to be in a fixed position in Jesus Christ. In other words, a greater degree of strength is predicated upon a greater degree of oneness with Christ. Oh my God, that's so important. I don't know if you're receiving it. Be strong in the Lord. So I can tell by my inner strength or weakness my position in Christ. Scott, you ever notice that? Do you ever drift out a little? Thank you. I knew you'd be honest. And I knew you was probably one that does it. You know, sometimes we drift out a little bit, don't we? We just drift out a little bit, amen? We just drift out a little bit, amen? Well, uh, just, just for whatever reason, we'll drift out a little bit. You notice when you drift out a little bit, you start getting a little weaker. You start getting a little weaker, amen? And you might even still be doing your little prayer time, but if you drift out in your mind and you drift out in your spirit, 
Huh? Can I get some real Christians that can just back me up for a minute? Amen. All of a sudden, things that didn't bother me start really bothering me. He said, he, but, but it ought to be a red flag that, oh my God, I got to get back. <laughs> I, I got to get back. He said, draw nigh to me and I'll draw my, nigh to you. It ought to be a red flag that when things I used to laugh at are now got me weeping, it's because I drifted too far. He said, be strong in the Lord. So in other words, a greater degree of strength, Brother Scott, is predicated simply upon a greater degree of oneness with my God. Your inner strength will always be in direct proportion to your proximity to Christ. I'm going to say that again because you need to get it in your spirit. Your inner strength will always be a direct reflection to your proximity to Christ. The things that you used to battle before salvation. Now, y'all ain't going to be able to say nothing, but I need to help some people in your mind. That you got so strong and would never think about doing again. In your walk, Dustin, when you start walking from a distance, that thing becomes appealing again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Somebody's going to be... Some of you are so holy you ain't been here yet. Huh? Some of the things I know. I've been delivered from alcohol for what? A hundred years? <laughs> hey man, that was my devil. Are you listening to me? That's what was destroying my hole. And you couldn't pour one down my gullet. That's my throat. Hey man. But God showed me one time through distancing myself from him that thing that I despise because it destroyed my family. All of a sudden, that billboard got appealing. Oh, I know y'all can't say nothing. Amen. But I'm telling you, there's a devil out there and just because you speak in tongues and honey's running out of your faucet and Kool-Aid's dripping out of your cabinets or something, amen, you think he don't bother you no more? You just get outside Christ. Huh? Let that relationship go just a little bit. Amen. Oh my God. Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't gonna help me, so I'm just gonna move on. So the, he said, be strong in the Lord, meaning my strength comes from my position, not my person. It's my position in Christ. I can prove it to you. Look at this. Isn't it amazing, Kobe? When Peter was standing right beside Jesus in that garden that night. He was standing right beside Jesus. He was so close to him. And a garrison of soldiers came carrying spears and swords and armor and shields. Amen. There was no way they could win this fight. But because of proximity, Peter drew his sword and cut somebody's ear off. I beg, I plead, I, I declare he wasn't after his ear. Is anybody listening to me? He wasn't after an ear. He was after his head and his head. And ain't it amazing when you're close to Christ, there is no adversary. <laughs> anniversary. There is no adversity that you're afraid of. Is anybody? Because when you're close to him, you have a strength of, I can win this. You know what? I can beat this. I, I, can, I can overcome this. I'm better than this. I'm stronger than this. But, 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 but just a chapter later, a chapter later, 
The Bible says Peter followed Jesus from afar. Not afar. Afar. Are you with me? He, he didn't quit. He didn't give up. There's people in this room. You haven't quit. You haven't given up completely. But because there's so much distance. Oh my God. There's so much distance. Now Peter is falling from afar. And a little old gal says, you're one of them. I ain't one of them. Oh my God. Is anybody listening to me? Can I tell you? You think it's your circumstances that are beating you up? It's not your circumstances at all. It's your position. Be strong in the Lord. Amen. It's repositioning ourselves. My God, let's let's look at No wonder James says, but every man is tempted when he is. Every man is tempted when he is. You know, you know, to uh, drone means to induce by compelling. <laughs> He's your strength, right? He's your <laughs> He's your rock. But when someone like me <laughs> this is awkward. She's my daughter in law. Comes in and says, This ain't working, y'all. <laughs> How about you? You like ball? <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a better chance over here. I need you to listen to Boy, that worked, Kobe. That worked. Amen. See, I can't come in and take you because of your proximity. Amen. Because he is stronger than me. So when I come in to just try to take you, he's going to stop me. Right? So as long as you stay close, you're safe. Matter of fact, amen, watch this. When I try to take her, her strength is fixing to stop me. Easy. <laughs> Woo, that's scary. Did you see that? Amen. And you said, that wasn't her strength. That was his strength. That's what Paul was trying to tell you. Amen. That's what Paul, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So she can sit there. Just look at them curls, that little petite. Look at them fingernails. She can just sit there so petite, but standing in the strength of the one she's in proximity to. Is anybody listening to me? I can't take him. I can't take him. He's younger than me. He's stronger than me. He's uglier than me. He's. But if I can. But if I can compel her. If I can tell you can't trust him. You can't trust him. You can trust me. You can't trust him. I don't know what to use here. <laughs> Come on, Taylor. I'm, I'm running out of things. Come with me. So, yeah, I need you. Okay, easy now. Easy now. So kind of fight it. Not, yeah. But every man is tempted when he is drawn. So I start compelling by accusing. 
I'm going to accuse your God. He's, I'm going to accuse your God, and I'm going to accuse everybody around you. Amen. So I'm drawing you to me. I had no power to go in and take her. But now I've drawn her, and every man is tempted when he is drawn away. Amen. She's my daughter. Amen. Are you listening to me? So he said, be strong in the Lord. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away. Amen. A lot of people are fighting weakness right now, but you didn't wake up weak one time. You didn't wake up one morning and you were weak. You got to understand this. You didn't just wake up and say, oh God, I'm totally defeated. No, it was a slow, it was a slow drawing you away from your Christ. Amen. Are you listening to me? From that intimacy in Christ. And then when I get out here now, Taylor, come on back out here. When I get her out here, your strength ain't no match for me now. I believe I can take you. You see? I may be wrong. <laughs> she ain't got guns like he's got. Are you following me? You know why you're wore out? It's because you're trying to fight me with your strength. You ought to run back. That's what you ought to do. You ought to run back. <laughs> you ought to run back. And now I have to deal with him again. You hear me? And when a stronger than he comes against me, he starts taking away my lies and say, you're a liar, devil. That's what your God does for you. Is anybody in this place? That's what he does. You become her defense. And I can't do anything with you. He said, so every man, let me hurry. Every man's tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Drawn away means to bring out by compulsion. It means to cause to come. Has anybody ever stole gas? Do y'all do that anymore? When I was a kid, we had a siphon hole. Huh? Did y'all ever do that? Are you serious? You never stole gas? Yeah, you take the hose and you run it in their car. Oh, is the kids in here today? <laughs> and, and, and you literally start drawing, and it's the, it's the compulsion the sucks. Oh, Freddie, okay. Let me look in this old group over here. <laughs> I don't even know if you get a hose down a tank anymore, amen? He said that's the way the enemy works. It's a vacuum. How to, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to say, but I don't know how to say it. When you start lacking, lacking Christ, it creates a vacuum. And so as a result, compulsion starts pulling you. Every man's tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust. Them old devils start talking again. Am I making sense to you? And it's all because of what Paul said, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Because I have no strength in and of myself, Brother Benny. I have no strength in and of myself. I was a uh, drunk, and I didn't want to lose my family, and I was trying. But it didn't matter. I didn't have no strength within myself until I dove into Christ. And all of a sudden, I had strength I didn't have before. So now, every man's tempted when he's drawn away. Some of you fought insecurities, lack of self-esteem. Can y'all just not, huh? Amen. And as closer you are to Christ, the less you battle these things. Amen. But when, when the devil can pull you out, he can start blasting you again. You ain't worthy. You ain't no good. Every man is like, God, I got to get through this. Every man is tempted 
when he's drawn away of his own lust. Meaning, so every man is attacked by the enemy when he is compelled to come out of his fixed position. Did y'all put all that together? I need you to this morning. This is that important. Every man, I know temptation comes periodically. But have you noticed temptation comes like automatic machine gun fire when you're out of that place? Yeah, when, you, when you're out of that, it's like when, you're, when, you're, when you go down, he goes to kicking type of deal. <clears throat> he said, when you come out of your fixed position, just proximity with Jesus, a presence. He said, that's when you are attacked. And then Satan uses lies and deceitful tactics to draw us out. He'll use lies to draw you out. Accusing your God. Accusing your brothers and sisters. Getting you to focus. Here's one for you. Getting you to focus on your situation. Instead of focusing on God. Let me show you something. So Isaiah said, put on strength. Wake up. Awake, awake. Write this scripture down. Isaiah 52, 1. Isaiah said, awake, awake, and put on your strength. And I thought this was so awesome because in a sense, I can't physically make myself stronger to fight spiritual battles. Are you following me? Now, I could if me and you were just going to go at it hand to hand. But he just said, I'm not fighting against flesh and blood. So I can't physically do anything to build a... So I have the privilege to just put it on. Uh-huh. I thought so. I can just put it on. Because it's not in me. It's in another entity which is Christ, so I can put him on. Have you noticed how many times Paul said that? Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. I can put him on. So maybe if I'm walking in weakness, I some to some degree have kind of stepped out of that garment back into my old nature. And when I'm thinking like I used to think and responding like I used to respond, and then the devil just has free reign at me. But listen, let's, let's, let's wrap this, let's put this all together. He said, so from this perspective we're teaching on putting on strength, to put on strength simply means to reposition yourself back in your fixed position in Christ. How am I going to get stronger? Get back in position. Get back in position. You're going to have to wade through all the lies. You got to wade through all the deceit. You got to wade through what they've done to you, how they treated you, your situations and circumstances. He said, Get back in your position to where you are in Christ and write this scripture down Psalms 84, 5 through 7. Listen to this. Once you write it down, look back up at me. It says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in the Lord whose ways are in his heart, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. Somebody say that with me. Make it a well. Listen to me. The word Baca literally means weeping, a place of complaining, 
a place of lamenting, a place to, to, bewa- to bewail, a, a place where you express sorrow. But he said, blessed is the man whose strength is in the Lord. He said, because when he passes through this valley, he'll turn it into a well. When he passes through this adversity, and a well means a fountain or a source of satisfaction. He said, a man that is strong in the Lord, can I tell you, everybody's going to go through valleys. Are y'all with me? Everybody's going to go through some stuff. Everybody's going to have some problems. Amen. You just need to get to, the Bible says many are the tribulation of the righteous, but God helps us overcome them all. Amen. So everybody's got a valley. The difference is, do you make your valley a place of depression and oppression and complaining and murmuring? Or do you turn your valley into a well that's springing up and a source? And that last verse says, the people that do this, they go from strength to strength. Amen. So in other words, strong people takes opposition and it makes them stronger. Oh, my God. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. That's why I said a while ago, amen, you have some dilemmas in your life. But it's not the dilemmas really that zapped your victory. It's your perspective of it. He said, because that same person who stays in Christ will turn that valley into a worship service. They'll turn that valley into, they'll take them lemons and they'll make lemonade out of it. Amen. They'll, they'll go from strength to strength to strength. Amen. Paul and Silas was cast into an inner prison, supposed to die the next day. They was down in the bottom of the jail cell and turned it into an orchestraic sympathy, if that's a word. Symphony. In other words, they could have complained and they would have died. Or they could have begun to praise God in that situation, and they begin to praise God in that situation, and that thing began to shake. Is anybody listening to me today? He said, Be strong in the Lord. My God, I tell you what, I'm just going to quit right there and let Josh finish it up tonight. Be strong. This is the first step of becoming strong, it's just repositioning myself into that safe place in Christ. And let me tell you what. It ain't even about God changing all your situations and circumstances for which we blame God for. It ain't even about that because he could change them every one and there'd be another valley and you'd be in the same shape. Are you following me? But if you ever get this concept that all I got to do is reposition myself and then God, and then I'll pin things like David, yay though. Even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. I need you to hear me in closing. There's a violent attack of the enemy against the body of Christ. And he's just taking people out. He's just taking people out. But they is a stronger than him who lives inside of you. He lives inside of you. But if you ain't careful, he'll start one 
little problem at a time. One little lie at a time. Are y'all with me, church? One little situation at a time. Until finally, you have no strength left to fight with. And we start disappearing. I come to plead with you as your pastor this morning. Be strong in the Lord. I'm not here to belittle your adverse situations and circumstances. But Proverbs says, he that faints in adversity has real little strength. And I'm going to close with this last scripture that started this whole sermon out of the book of Revelations. Jesus was speaking to the church in Sardis and said, I need you to strengthen the things that remain that are just about ready to die. Jesus said that. Some of you, your faith is about to die. Some of you, your peace is just about to die. Some of you have lost your, you haven't lost it, but your joy is about to die. Some of you, your expectations are just about to die that you've been through so much you're having a hard time even expecting. And Jesus said, I need you to strengthen the things that remain that are almost ready to die. And I saw that as a positive. I want to encourage somebody. You may think you don't have no faith, but God said, they still some faith in there. Are you and he be here today? I just need you to strengthen it. They, they steal some praise in you. I just need you to strengthen it. Don't let it die. <laughs> oh, somebody help me. Shake your neighbor and tell them, don't you let it die. Strengthen it. Strengthen it. It's still in you. That hope, that expectation still in you. I know you've been through hell and high water lately. That's why he gave me this message. And you may even try to throw in the towel, but the fact that you're here today is the fact that something's remaining in there. Something's still in there. That Christ is still in there. That, 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 that revelation's still in there. That, he's, he's, it's still there. He said, I just need to, you to strengthen it. So I said, Lord, and I had all kind of illustrations I could have gave you this morning. I was going to have weights all up there and we was going to work out. But I said, Lord, how, how do I strengthen what I got left? He said, number one, by proximity, you just got to come back close to me. You got to stay close to me. But he said, number two, you, you strengthen something by repetition, right? By use. You strengthen stuff by use. Amen. That's how you build muscle, ain't it? You don't just get a bunch of weight and pick it up one time. You got to work it. You do it. You got so many reps, right? Kobe, you got so many times, so many reps. Amen. Some of it, the devil's trying to steal your prayer. He's trying to steal your worship. He's trying to steal your praise. He's trying to steal your thankfulness. Exercise it. 
Exercise it. Use it. It's not over for you. God, I need somebody praying for me. You hear me? It's not over for you. It's not over for your faith. It's not over for your ministry. It's not over for your calling, your inheritance. It ain't over. The only way it's over is if you throw the crown down at the feet of your enemy and say, Take it. You're the boss. Today, God's going to impart some strength in you. He's going to impart some strength in you, and He's going to do it by beginning you, bringing you back to that close place with Him. Can I be honest with you? I don't know about y'all, but I'm just going to, as your pastor, I'm just going to be vulnerable. You know, the first thing that goes when I get really weak, my prayer life. Anybody else? Does anybody just really continue to pray fervently when you're really? I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't like to get in this condition, but I've noticed through the years that when the devil really knocks me down, the first thing I don't want to do is hang out with Jesus. I'm sorry. Because one thing, the devil's accusing him anyway. So when I try to talk to him, the devil makes me feel like a hypocrite. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. And he's trying to draw me away and draw me away. And then sometimes he'll try to use that stupid deed you did. You ever just done something stupid? Huh? Have you ever just done something you shouldn't have done? Huh? Is anybody in this room? Have you ever just stepped outside your character? Just unexpectedly didn't mean, just stepped it outside your character and just blew it. Boy, the devil will come in right then, won't he? You can't go talk to Jesus. You can't worship. You can't pray. Oh, my God. Who am I preaching to this morning? Amen. And he just keeps pulling and drawing your way. Today, you've got to run back. You got to run back. You know, you got to run back to him. You got to run back to your fixed position. Because cause here's what I was going to say a while ago. Me and my wife got in a predicament one time that we didn't have any money. I've never been without a job. I've always worked. There's only one thing more depressing about being out of money, and it's being out of money and working every day. Because <laughs> I was trying. I was making minimum wages, driving 70 miles one way, trying to make a living for a little family, and it was taking everything I had. And we was down to nothing. Benny, we didn't have nothing. Had one little baby. Didn't have nothing. Me and that woman went into a prayer closet. Because <laughs> we didn't have nothing. We didn't know what else to do. But run to Jesus. Remember that day? Me and her went up to the church. Went into an area of prayer and began to pray. And Beth, we repositioned ourselves. And something's got supernatural happened. When we walked out of that church that day, if you'd have saw us, you'd have thought we had a million dollars. We were so happy. We were so free. We were so strong. Got back home, still had that much milk in that jug. <laughs> I ain't no lie. Still, same old, same old. But something changed when we positioned ourselves. 
What I'm trying to tell you was, we found out, we learned that day, it wasn't the circumstances at all that had me depressed. It was that I had lost my position. So when I got back in position, my circumstances become stones under my feet, didn't they? And we walked out of that situation. So today I'm more concerned about you repositioning yourself than God just transforming your life to make everything easy. Because when he does that, you're going to take that valley and you're going to turn that valley into a well. You're going to turn it, turn it into a source of strength that built our ministry, didn't it? Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.